Welcome to Anya Gore's Horror and More with Anya Gore. That's me. I am your horror mistress. And welcome to our episode today. Today's episode is about me, yours truly, your horror mistress. I wanted to talk to you about my history and what has gotten me to this point. I want to talk about my modeling background. I want to talk about horror movies. So sit back, enjoy, listen to the soothing sounds of my voice. (laughs) And enjoy. I have always been interested in in being in front of the camera. Ever since I was really little. Be it acting, modeling, just having some kind of audience watching me has always been my thing and I I'm short um I'm maybe five foot three so in the 90s when I was a teenager it wasn't a thing to be short curvy and model it just wasn't a thing back then height there were height requirements there were weight requirements you had to be able to fit into sample sizes and even though when I was a teenager I was not curvy like I am today I just never fit those kind of requirements and it was always very difficult for me because I just really wanted to be in in public's view in some kind of capacity so early on I joined a modeling um not really an agency you sort of was an agency you joined them they you paid a certain amount of money for a course and then they would take your headshots and I had a few very amateurish shoots done when I was quite young I was probably 11 or 12 and at this point the whole premise of this um, class this course this agent at that time was based for people that didn't kind of just jump into modeling automatically so people that didn't fit that mold or people that didn't have the confidence um I kind of was a little bit of both so my mom really supported me and really wanted me to be able to get into this if if that's what I really wanted to do so at this age I took the course I completed it I did a couple shoots and I will never forget the day that I went to go do my first runway audition. I really had convinced myself because modeling is not what it is today. It was all fashion modeling. I really wanted to be a runway model. And when I did that audition, I did not like it. I didn't like any of it. I didn't like not having the creative freedom to have certain expressions on my face. I had to walk a certain way. I'm also, I've got, you know, I'm a big character, so my walk isn't going to be very refined. And unless you have that modeling look where they can kind of look past all of that attitude or that spunkiness, um, it just really wasn't going to be a fit for me. So I stopped doing all of that in my teens because it just, it wasn't really going to go anywhere for me at that point. And then fast forward until I was about 15, I started doing extra work. Um, and in Vancouver at that time, especially, it was mostly for TV shows like The X-Files, anything that was sort of being filmed around here. 
and after one one <laughs> grueling day of of I want to say quote unquote filming because we didn't even actually end up being in any of the scenes. So you, we literally stood around and waited. I think we stood around for like 11 hours. And, uh, and then one scene did get shot, which never aired. But um, we had to stand in a nightclub until about 2 or 3 in the morning. I was 15 years old. I had school the next day. I just wasn't as passionate about, you know proceeding with extra work um and this isn't one of those stories where I'm big or anything like that where you know I gave up my dreams to live in my car it wasn't like that I have a very sensible head on my shoulders and I'm not saying the people that do that don't they are throwing caution to the wind I just never had that experience I didn't want to throw caution to the wind I wanted to have fun with my friends and I got a job when I was 15 or 16. I wanted to have a little bit of income. So I've sort of always stayed with that steady route. And uh, fast forward until a year ago where I just, since the time I was 15 or 16, up until last year, and I'm not going to necessarily say my age, but there was a long hiatus there, a very, very long hiatus. I did not really do anything in terms of modeling or acting or anything like that. I, you know, truth be told, I had kids, so I do have children. I don't really want to bring them into this world, which is why I don't really talk about them very often. Um, but I have two, and that also consumed the past six years of my life. So... I was out of the game in any kind of way of even proceeding <laughs> until last summer. I want to say it was August of 2019 when Melissa and I, so Melissa is from Malevolent Productions. If you don't follow her on Instagram, go give her a follow. You will see all of the content that her and I have created and all of the amazing content she creates with other models and with herself. Her creative brain just blows my mind daily because mine is not that creative. Um, but when I met with her last summer, so Melissa and I have known about each other for probably about eight years. Um, and we might have spoken once or twice prior to last August, but we weren't friends. We didn't really know each other. Um, her her ex-partner and uh, my husband know each other and they're in the Vancouver music scene together so when Melissa was having a change of direction for her she had missed the photography she was doing prior to um, a shift in her life and she really wanted to get back into it and for some reason she thought well I'm gonna reach out to these moms that I know on Facebook these moms with young kids and I'm going to offer them, you know, my free services. I want to offer these women this chance to be able to step outside of their comfort zone, do something for themselves, something that isn't about their families or about their kids. So she knew about me and on Facebook, she reached out to my husband who absentmindedly forgot to tell me about this. And as fate would have it, her and I ended up at a fundraiser in August of last year at the same time. And 
her not knowing if I had gotten this message through my husband or if I had ignored her, she still approached me and I was, I am so eternally grateful for that moment because she just didn't know and she went in full force and, and just came right up to me and laid it all on the line and I wanted to start crying because the moment she told me her idea and how she wanted to shoot me, a light went on, something just clicked and it felt right and I just knew in that one moment of a conversation with this woman that I didn't really know very much, something was going to happen and I had told her that I am all, she left the, the concept up to me and she, I told her that when I was pregnant with my second child, I had tried to find a photographer to do a Rosemary's baby themed photo shoot is my favorite horror movie of all time. And the couple photographers I approached said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. <laughs> so I was a bit bummed that that never happened. But I was, as I was telling her about this, I could just see this smile form on her face. And she said, you like horror stuff? And I said, oh, yes horror is my world. It's my jam. I live it. I watch horror movies all the time. I think about horror movies all the time. I'm always, that's just what I want to do. That's what I want to watch. That's what I want to be in. And she was so excited because she said, I love horror movies and I think we need to do this together. So we came up with a couple really basic concepts for that first shoot. I told her that I wanted to be a victim I wanted to pay tribute to some of these amazing scream queens that I watched for basically my whole life and I wanted to be a victim and so I I told her that idea and she absolutely loved it and off I went again still not really knowing Melissa um, I went to a thrift store and I was sending her pictures of myself half naked because I was like I want you to to view what I, I see here and she was so quick to respond and because of this instant connection between her and I, it just felt so organic and so natural. And so when we went to meet to go do that first shoot, I have still to this day have never had that exact high, never had that exact adrenaline. I have never felt that comfortable with someone that I didn't really know. And it was, we shot for eight or nine hours and it was one of the best experiences in my lifetime. Everything felt organic. It felt right hearing the shutter and the click of her camera. And I just, she also would say things like she didn't know what to expect. And I provided this acting for her that made her impressed as well. And we just really fed off of each other and it just kept going. And I remember leaving that day just knowing that she was going to be in my life now. And I've never, there's very few times where I've ever known that 100% after such a short period of time of knowing somebody. And it just felt right. It felt good. The, the connection clicked. And from there, she messages me the same volume that I message her. And that doesn't normally happen with photographers. And so not only did we develop this amazing relationship with, you know, shooting together and creating, but she has become such a good friend of mine. And her and I just have such a good connection and a bond. And it, it is growing exponentially every time we shoot, every time we see each other, every time we talk. 
And I probably talk to her more than any other person that I talk to in my life right now. And I am so, so grateful to her for that. And she was the reason I got into having my Instagram modeling account. I didn't have this prior to her. And it is the momentum of the content we're putting out and the response from all of you. Oh, it's just inspiring and it's making us want to continue and push. And I am starting to work with some amazing photographers here in Vancouver. I've worked with a few so far and go look at my Instagram page. It's Anya Gore, A-N-Y-A dot G-O-R-R-E on Instagram. Go see the content that I have created with some of these photographers because it's beautiful and I am very proud of it. That is what has gotten me to the modeling world. Now the horror world, I have, since I can remember, I want to say, you know, six, seven years old, I have been drawn to horror movies. I don't know that I necessarily would see one on the TV and then say, hey, mom, I want to watch this. But I do remember the day I watched it on TV and she knew I was going to watch it and I was probably seven or eight years old. And it horrified me and scared me, but I loved it. I loved that feeling it gave to me. And around that same time was my first few instances of going to sleepovers. And my mom at this point knew that I liked scary movies and she would say, make sure you don't watch any scary movies. And what is the first thing you think I suggested when I went over to my friend's houses for sleepovers? You guys wanna watch some scary movies? every single time and 99% of the time we would and we would all be super scared and we would have these sleepovers and I remember lying up under the covers or in the sleeping bag and just having such anxiety and freaking out and then I would wake up the next day and go I want to do this again you know I, I the first sleepover party I went to we watched two scary movies and I think I had to sleep in my parents bedroom for two weeks afterwards it gave me such a fright um, and these movies were Stephen King's Silver Bullet the gore in that when I was eight or nine years old or however old I was at that age just stuck with me and then this amazing movie called The Lady in White and it has to do with ghosts and a child ghost and I just had constant visions of this child ghost. She was going to come out of this closet in this elementary school and she was going to get me and it terrified me. And then my family and I, well, every Halloween I loved, I've always loved Halloween. Um, but my mom really got into it one year and we started watching The Fog, the original The Fog. And Oh, every year up until I don't even know how old I was, 16 maybe, those fog creatures scared me. They scared me to death. And then my parents and I watched The Shining when I was young and The Changeling from the 80s. It's a Canadian movie. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's fantastic. It's not going to have the same effect, obviously, as when you're an eight or nine year old kid watching this, but it deals with the death of a child and the ghost of a child. Ghosts of children when I was younger just really haunted me. But it's this kind of horror 
stuff has always been implemented in my brain and it has triggered these emotions that I'm constantly looking to recreate and you know it kind of got me looking into the psychology of horror and what my why was what what is the psychology behind my enjoyment of horror and I looked up this article written by this amazing psychologist named Glenn D. Walters and Glenn said that there are three primary factors that attract people to horror and I agree with these completely the first is tension when you're feeling tension in a movie and you're feeling tension in your body your adrenaline starts pumping and it's like a car crash you just cannot look away and you want almost want to feel more and more and more the second factor is relevance. The viewers, they need to identify with something in the movie. So a lot of the horror movies right now today are about social media. You know, Fr Unfriended is one. Um, Dark Web. Like there's a lot to do with online presence. And that is completely relevant. And watching any of these movies, when you are a teenager and you do these group chats and somebody gets murdered, you can just put yourself into their shoes you know when you go to a cabin with your family and these strangers show up and start murdering everybody in the cabin you put yourself into your those shoes and you think what if that was me and that's scary and then with that tension it gets your adrenaline pumping even more but then alternatively to that the third factor is the unrealism the viewers knowing it's fake so even though you're feeling tense and you're feeling anxious and you're having this adrenaline pump because you're watching something that you can relate to or something you can put yourself into those shoes. You also completely understand, especially as an adult, that it's fake. The gore is fake. The gore isn't real. The strangers of the movie, it's not real. I mean, it's based on a true event that happened, yes. Is it a common true event that continues to happen? No. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, again, based on a true event. Is it a continual thing that happens? Not that we're aware of. So we all have this, you know, knowing it's fake. And that in itself is exciting. And that got me thinking, you know, when I'm watching a horror movie, as I think most people watch horror movies this way, I'm at home. I am in the comfort and the safety of my house. I'm not sitting there watching them in an abandoned building or a barn and I'm terrified, you know? So we have this comfort and this safe factor knowing that this adrenaline that is going to be pumping and coursing through you as you're watching this is going to come to an end while you're in your safe home. And, <clears throat> you know, that I acknowledge that most of what I view isn't real, but because of Hollywood theatrics, oh, it's so enjoyable. You know, if it wasn't for those acknowledged factors, you're watching movies that don't really connect with you when it comes to horror movies. So I'm sure you're the same as me. It's not scary if it doesn't connect with you in some way. Be it a jump scare. If you're a jump scare movie watcher, if there aren't any jump scares, this is not going to affect you the same way. The one for me 
is the psychological horror. I don't really enjoy it as much if there's no psychological horror. I need those psychological elements in order to actually feel that pulsing of my, of my blood is pulsing and my heart is racing. I need to be psychologically scared in order to get complete enjoyment out of that. And so at, at the, after you feel this high of tension and anxiety, then you get relief. And, you know, it's almost the same thing as a climax, as an orgasm. You have this high tension and then boom, this release. And you can almost sit and breathe again because nine times out of ten, the antagonist doesn't win. So you feel complete. You get closure. You know, you get to oh, come down from that. You breathe again or you look again. And that is very satisfying. That is very satisfying feeling. But that also got me thinking. I personally prefer when the antagonist prevails. Where you don't get closure. Or something happens that is so shocking that you just can't get past it. And you leave that movie feeling tense or that high tension that brought you up to this climax doesn't come down. You don't get that completion. You don't get that, that ending. Or it was an ending that you just did, didn't sit right with you. It didn't feel right. I love that. And that right there, folks, is one of the differences between a horror movie buff and a popcorn horror movie watcher and I, I see this time and time again when I'm speaking to people that really dislike certain movies because they did not like the ending and I have three movies that have stuck with me that oh, time and time again people are saying to me I didn't like that ending it didn't close the way that I wanted it to or you know the the person who I expected to win they didn't win they didn't get out they died or something worse and those are the movies that I say wow I loved it I loved it it's in my top 10 movies you know so I'm going to end this segment today by telling you the three biggest horror movies that have stuck with me and I'm going to give you the spoiler alert now that if you have not watched any of these three movies, pause, pause it right when you start hearing the title, go and watch it. See if it has affected you as much as me. And then come back here, follow me on Instagram, send me a message and tell me if it affected you as much as it affected me. I challenge you, listener, Find those three horror movies that have stuck with you and then share them with everybody. So the first movie that has stuck with me that comes to my mind right away is the movie Hereditary. If you have not watched it, stop this right now. The ending of this movie blew my mind. I absolutely loved everything about this movie. The tension, the moment you start understanding what's about to happen and it's a slow progression yes it's a bit of a slow burn but when it builds up to that moment and everything wraps up you you were left with that high tension you haven't 
left with any closure and it was incredible it got under my skin and it is such a fantastic movie Ari Aster is just killing it in the horror directing realm right now and I am so excited to see more of what he produces and directs but if you're looking for an incredibly high tense movie that you want to put your phone down and you actually want to pay attention with really good writing and really good directing and really good acting go watch hereditary it was absolutely fantastic the next movie that i'm going to recommend that got under my skin and has stuck with me is a french movie called high tension and once you have seen it and you've seen the ending, you can't unsee it, so it's not a movie that you continually will go back to and watch over and over and over and over again, because there is a bit of a twist ending. But the way this movie was done, they just did not hold back. And I was so impressed from the moment you realize what's going on until the ending. The acting was incredible, the cinematography was fantastic, the acting was great, Highly recommend High Tension. It is so good. So, so good. And then the biggest movie that has ever stuck with me, and if anybody knows me, has definitely heard me talk about this movie before, is a movie called Martyrs. I am not going to tell you to watch this movie because it is by far the goriest thing I have ever seen in my lifetime. There has been never and nothing has ever, ever been worse. Absolutely nothing. The Green Inferno by Eli Roth was not as bad as this. Um, I haven't seen Cannibal Holocaust, guaranteed not as bad as this. The thing about Martyrs, and I don't really want to tell you very much about it, because if you can handle gore, if you can handle being uncomfortable and seeing extremes when it comes to not only psychological horror, but physical horror, then watch it. It is absolutely amazing. And if you take the disgust out of the, the realism that appears to be the gore, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. But it is incredibly difficult to watch. And I do recommend it, but with the biggest warning you're ever, ever going to get from me, ever. I don't think I'm going to give you a bigger warning for any movie than this movie, Martyrs. So... That is all for today. I hope everyone is enjoying their beginning of December. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Goodbye and good day.